Well, we're going to have a, a little talk now, followed by Zazen. During this portion, you can sit a bit of Zazen while I'm talking, or you can just uh, relax and be comfortable. But keep stillness. I'd like to talk about a subject that's in the news this week, but I'd like to do so in a way that is without politics. And it's very difficult to talk about this subject without politics and country and thoughts of my culture against your culture, or my religion against your religion, but I'm going to try to do that. You know, in our Sangha, it's a wonderful thing. We have people from many, many countries, some of which were once terrible enemies, Japanese people, German people, American people. My own wife has an uncle who was in a battle and I have an uncle who was in a battle, Iwo Jima. And they were on opposite sides. One was in the Japanese Navy and one was in the American Army. We have people in the Sangha who are practicing Christians, people from Jewish families, people from Muslim families, Islamic families. And here when we sit, we leave all separations and divisions aside and we come together in peace, in love and mutual respect, but also here we, we taste that there's some place where all the separate pieces of life can be seen through. Like a mirror that's broken in a million pieces, here when we sit, the mirror comes together into a beautiful, clear sheet of glass that reflects all of life in oneness and wholeness without division. The mirror reflects everything, the beautiful and the ugly, without judgment. This is Zazen. This week, we realize that we live in a world that is very complicated, not always peaceful, sometimes violent. Osama bin Laden was killed this week. And it makes me reflect for a bit on our precept in Buddhism about avoiding the taking of life. We have various precepts we live by, not to hate, not to be angry, not to steal, and to avoid the taking of the life of sentient beings. Yet this week, many Buddhist teachers 
were asked, what about the case of someone like Osama bin Laden? And the answer is not so easy. The first thing I want to say is we must always strive for a world where we all live together, just like a bit this Zendo I described, where we all come together. We're all different, but there's space here for all of us. There's a Zafu here for all of us. And I believe in this world there are resources and space for all of us to have our place and to live together in harmony. Hopefully someday we'll get to a world in which we can all do that better. Where there's a place for you and a place for me and a place where we all come together and we respect each other's rights and we do not do harm to each other. I'd like to see that world sometime soon. Today, I, as you may see, the altar behind me, the Buddha statue is not there. Or yes, the Buddha statue is there, but not the usual statue of Buddha. I left it as an empty space today because we do have people sitting, Christians, Jews, people from Islamic background, people who don't believe anything at all. But what's important is here, this is Buddha. This is the place that is sacred. And all that has to be in that spot up there is love, compassion, and peace. Find it, call it any name you wish. Call it Allah, call it God, call it just the universe, call it whatever you wish, call it nothing at all. The most important thing is peace and love and cooperation and coming together and that's what that empty space represents but sometimes I will put other things in the altar because what I feel is Buddha is anything it can be a flower it can be a stone it can be that empty space but there were times in the past I would put up a picture of people we find very difficult I once let a sitting Soon after 9-11, and on the altar, I put a picture of George Bush and Osama bin Laden together, where Buddha is usually. And some people were very surprised. Frankly, they were very shocked. How can we be bowing to Buddha and Osama bin Laden and George Bush? And I tried to explain that Buddha is both within the beautiful and the ugly both within those we love and those we don't. But sometimes it's very, very hidden. Sometimes we cannot see it, but we have to know it's there. It may be shocking to some, but we Buddhists don't look at Osama bin Laden as an evil man. He was a man who did evil, perhaps, a man who hurt people, 
but we also think of him as kind of a victim too of the need to do harm. And we don't think, I'm going to speak about that in a moment to be clear what I mean, but we also try to avoid saying that we are right and the other person is wrong, even when we feel that sometimes we have to do certain things that are right. I'll speak about that too. And even when we take certain actions, we don't celebrate those actions. We reflect on why we had to do so. I'll speak about that too. The precept says we need to avoid taking life. Most Buddhist teachers who have been asked about that this week have said that sometimes it is necessary to take a life in order to save innocent lives in this complicated world. A policeman, a soldier, sometimes must stop someone who is going to do harm in order to save someone. If there was a robber who was holding a hostage with a gun, the police would sometimes have to shoot the robber in order to save the hostage. Sometimes we may have to use violence in order to prevent great violence. But from a Buddhist perspective, we should do so only with deep regret and reflection, never with anger, never with a desire for revenge, never with a feeling that this is a good thing we're doing. It's a necessary thing, perhaps. I saw this week that some people in my own country, the United States, were dancing and singing in the street, celebrating that we had killed Osama bin Laden, holding a flag and yelling, we're number one. And I understand where this feeling comes from in people. It's natural that people would perhaps behave that way. But from a Buddhist perspective, it just creates further divisions. It's not something to celebrate. It's something we need to reflect upon and perhaps mourn, be well aware of the burden of having done something that we wish we did not have to do. It's a time for coming together, not for waving flags. I think. You see, from a certain perspective, we are all victims of greed, anger, and ignorance. That's the real enemy, especially in this case, anger, perhaps. 
and violence. All of us have the potential in ourselves to do great harm if placed in the wrong conditions. I'd like to say that I'm of a Jewish background, and, but we all have, even within ourselves, the potential to be Nazis. If we had been raised in Germany in a certain culture, if we had had certain childhoods, if we had had certain experiences in our youth, they would be us and we would be them. You are me and I am you. And though you were, walk a certain path, I could be walking that path if I had been born a different place, a different time, under different circumstances. So that's why we think that even people who do terrible harm, violence, are themselves a kind of victim of the greed, the anger, the ignorance, and division, the discrimination that the Buddha pointed out. If they could find within themselves the wholeness, the peace, the contentment, the love, the understanding that we chant for, they would not be that way. That is why later today we will be chanting metta, loving kindness, and we even chant for our enemies, for people who do violence in this world, because if they were content, we ask them to be content. If they were at peace, we ask that they be at peace. If they were kind and healthy and feeling whole, as we ask, they would not be people of violence. They would not be people who do harm. So even the policeman, the soldier, who takes violent action sometimes to save life, must not do it from anger, must not do it from jealousy, even if he takes some step that may be necessary. We also feel that any violence creates the seeds for future violence. Any anger creates the seeds for future anger. My feeling when I saw the people dancing in front of the White House, waving the flags, is someone on the other side of the world would get angry about it, and then they would want to dance and burn the American flag. And then someone else will want to get revenge for that, and on and on it goes, and one act of violence leads to the next act of violence. And our way is just to stop, to say that we really need to be at peace. Everyone should also look at their own actions. When you do harm to me, I must also look at myself and ask, how can I be a better person? If someone is angry with me, do I give them cause for anger? We must reflect on this too. Even the whole country should ask that. 
It's not that America is right and everyone else is wrong. That would be a terrible thing to think. It's that America is a very good place. Your country is a very good place. My country is a very good place. The other country is a very good place. And we can all be better. We can all do better. We can all work harder to live together in peace. All countries must reflect on themselves. All people must reflect on themselves and say, what can I, what can we, my people, my place, my culture, my family, my town, my company, my school, what can we do better to be more loving, more peaceful, more cooperative, to share this world better? We should never think that I am right and you are wrong. We all can be better. In our Zen practice, there's a certain perspective that we taste where there is no violence possible because there are no two people to do violence and have violence done to them. It may sound strange, but you need two people to be violent. You need the person who does violence and the person who receives the violence. You need two people to feel discrimination. You need two people for jealousy, one who is jealous and one who is the object of jealousy. In our Zen practice, we know a realm beyond all divisions where there is no two people and thus no anger and thus no jealousy and thus no discrimination and thus no need to to fight and divide. But in this world, it's more complicated. We need to bring peace to this world through our actions, avoiding violence when we can. We need to bring love and compassion to this world by acting in loving and compassionate ways. We need to bring friendship in this world by acting in a friendly way. The world is kind of a blank slate, and it is what we make of it. If we draw something ugly, it's ugly. If we draw something violent, it's violent, like a painting that we're painting. If we draw a peaceful scene, a clean and beautiful scene, then it's clean and beautiful and, and bright. It is what we make it. This world is up to us. I think that Osama bin Laden, people like him, should not take innocent life. I know that there are people who are mad at my country, the United States, and maybe we have to reflect on why that is too. But at the same time, I don't think the way to, in this case, is to blow up buildings or to crash airplanes that destroy the lives of fathers and mothers and husbands and wives who just went to work one day to put a bomb on a train and that's not the way. So maybe regretfully, sadly, sometimes we have to take a life to save lives. 
but it should not be for revenge. If the reason we killed Osama bin Laden this week was for strict revenge and anger just to get even, I would be against it. I don't think that's right. If it was to stop a future attack, he was planning some other attacks, there's evidence, perhaps it was necessary. But never from revenge, never just to get even. I know it's natural, people want that. I know it's in their heart, that's how we are, we're animals. But we should avoid that. What I'm saying here, by the way, is not just me. I think the vast majority of Buddhist teachers who were asked about this this week, and Christian teachers, rabbis, I think, and uh, imams, and I think if you ask that, almost, almost anyone who's kind of a religious type of person, the answer is maybe about the same. We all wish this was not necessary. And revenge is not the way. Anger is not the way. The same with war. It should be avoided at all cost, though sometimes it may unfortunately be necessary. But we have to learn in the world to think outside the box. Try everything else possible before we take life. Don't be so quick to do it. Even the police, you know, if there's a hostage situation, they don't just blow up the building and kill everyone. First they try negotiation, they try some, some tricks that toss in some tear gas to make the fellow come out without really being harmed. They'll toss in, they'll play loud music. I understand that's the thing they do. They play loud music outside so the fellow it just drives him crazy with the music, but at least he doesn't get you know, killed. He comes out of the building. Well, it is the same, I think, with war and all kinds of violence. We need to avoid it at all costs, even if it's sometimes necessary. Sometimes it may be necessary. To save innocent life, it may be necessary. But even then, war should be very carefully done to avoid killing innocent people, to avoid unnecessary violence because violence leads to future violence. If you bomb someone's house, they're going to be angry and someday in the future they or their children are going to come back and try to bomb your house. And it's going to go on and on and on. You do not bomb someone's house. You do not kill their loved ones because they will perhaps just go on and increase the violence in the future. And it will go on and on and on. And so in this case, maybe in the future, you know, if I really had the say of how I would be handling the situation, if the planes had been crashed into, in 9-11, I would have said to people, if you want to beat the terrorists, don't be terrified. Turn the other cheek. When we're terrorized, then the people who do terrorism get what they want. When we react with panic and violence and disturbance, we've played into their hands. We've got given them what they want. The best thing to do, perhaps, 
in an ideal world would have been to turn the other cheek and perhaps send out some squads, some limited violence to, 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 to get the people who did that to prevent them from doing it again, but not to, not to react with tremendous violence. But I don't know. I'm not a world leader. All I know is I hope in the future we learn to think outside the box more. Other ways to react. Sometimes it may, may be necessary to take life, but only as the last, last thing. Only when we have tried everything else. Never for revenge. Never out of anger. Even when it may be necessary. And someday, maybe perhaps we can all sit in peace and share together like we do now during Zazen. Shall we sit for a few minutes?
Get hit.
goes in. Part. <laughs> 